right, guys, welcome back to the show. My show, your show, combo episode, as we always do. One of my favorite parts of the month, which I say parts of the month as if we're going to do this monthly, which is like me just being hopeful, I think. Um, but how are you guys doing? Give us a little rundown. What are you guys uh, up to? We're in. Count us in. Sorry, what Everything. was the question? Give us a little bit of what you guys are up to lately. Oh, man. Um, besides sweating, um, California has been, I mean, I know you're in Texas, so it's all relative, but for us, it's hot. Yeah. Just wakes up. We're just like in a weird humidity patch right now. So it's like steamy the second you wake up. It actually does feel like Texas mm -hmm. if I'm in all transparency. So um, we're just kind of like, honestly, trying just to make it day to day. For real. Um, our kids go back to school in three weeks. So we've been definitely summer mode. Mm -hmm. Ironically and Oddly, we've been traveling a lot, so we actually haven't seen each other. Tenth time I've seen her all summer. It seems really, really weird. <laughs> Tragic. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's a lot for any other pair of friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as like fitnessing, we've just been kind of going to CrossFit classes mm -hmm. because you just kind of drop in and you don't have to think about it and you leave. And yes, it's been what it is. So is that has that been a, a happy, you know, I, one of the things I wrote down was like, just update people on like fitness goals. I get that question a lot and I don't even want to put too much importance on the question, but that might even be where we go. But, um, it's been a while since you, the three of us worked together. And so I'm just curious what you guys are up to. Are you guys popping into CrossFit? It's, you know, what's like, where's the motivation coming from these days? Um, for me, I, like that was saying, it's just great to go in, get a workout, leave in an hour, <laughs> like that sort of the, the summer schedule. So fitness goals, I mean, really just maintaining consistency, taking care of ourselves, making sure we're getting recovered. Um, I'm speaking for you as if we're the same person. I mean, That's it's, it's pretty similar, same. I mean, I don't have anything like, I, I know it sounds weird and I think people think that we always have to have like some crazy fitness goal, but alas, not true. <laughs> you, your fitness goal could literally just being staying active. And that's kind of honestly where I am yeah. personally too. I mean, speaking for Heidi as well. <laughs> We've got mm -hmm. some exciting things on the docket for our business as do you Jordan Lips. And so a lot of like, I mean, I think people think that they can do it all and like you can't do it all well. And so right now, um, fitness goals are not super in the forefront priority for us, which so like we said, just kind of staying active and staying fitness-esque. Yeah, just maintaining. <laughs> yeah, that's and cool. Then come, and then come fall, we'll reevaluate, like as we always do, which is the coolest part about having goals. You can do whatever the heck you want because they're yours. So, yeah, I think that there's, uh, there's something beautiful about being, you know, I almost say less goal-oriented and something I talk about with clients, but it's not less goal-oriented. You guys are not less goal-oriented because I think people think goal oriented means I'm working on this muscle group, you know, but like you just have a different goal and your goal is like to put one thing, not even just on maintenance, but like one thing on maintenance, like there's only so many switches of your life you can have on at one point. I, and I'm very much in the same place. I mean, my fucking ankles been pissing me off, but, um, but I, I too am in a place where like, I am looking for some consistency. I actually love this place that I'm at and I want this to be like, it's funny cause people are gonna hear this and be like, oh, being, you know, I don't want people to feel like they're getting shit on if they have a goal, they wanna get stronger, they wanna build some muscle definition or whatever, like that's awesome. But I think totally. it's, it's also a cool place to get to where you're like, and it's not mutually exclusive. You can have those goals and still love yourself and still be content. You can do all those things. And I hope that you would do them in tandem, but I really feel, content in a, you know, in a very good way. Um, and looking yeah. for ways to be more consistent and enjoy my training and, um, push on other parts of my life while I'm using my knowledge to, you know, maintain with not as little effort as possible, but it's not something I'm pushing the pedal down with. And I, and I actually really enjoying it, frankly. 
I think there's definitely like a group of people who will be listening to this thinking that you and believe with a belief that you have to earn this stage in life that you have, you know, to get to a certain threshold of your fitness capacity to be able to like step away or not put it in the forefront. But I hope everyone understands that like you can really do whatever you want. Cause if you're thinking of like from a longevity standpoint, context of your life is not always going to look the same. And so if right now you cannot commit 5,000%, like don't beat yourself up for it. Like there's no earning anything. It's just mm-hmm. like, this is kind of where I'm at. This is what I can do. And I should feel really, really good about that. 100%. And that might be too woo for people. They're like, no, I want it to be like, it's like <laughs> that's awesome that that's the place that you're at, but also allow for the possibility that it might not always be where you're at. Yeah, that's good. You guys are so good. Can I tell you that like as uh, when those words came out of my mouth, like for you to immediately go to a place where you put it nicely, but immediately you went to the place where people are going to be like, well, that's because you look the way you do already and you can feel that way. And, And I love that you say that. That's very true that you definitely don't need to earn that. It's hard to detach and it brings up a similar point of the question that we're going to talk about later, which we're going to talk about intuitive eating. We're talking about metabolic adaptation, some of that stuff. But sometimes you can't detach certain things and you have to put everything in context. So maybe I do feel that way. Maybe there is something about, um, uh, you know, maybe I can say that I've devalued the external, but maybe that, you know, from the outside looking in, you can be like, well, objectively you look good. And so it's easy for you to devalue the external. And so I get that. Um, Within my own bubble, within my own relative spectrum of where I've been, how lean and muscular I've been and how, you know, how much I've gained and how strong I've been. I'm not anywhere near my best. And you could still say objectively where you're at is where some people want to get to. I understand that, but relatively I can only deal with my own bubble here. And with my own bubble, I'm feeling very comfortable not pursuing my absolute best physique and, and learning to, I don't know, acknowledge more of what life has to offer that, that I get in return for not pursuing that like leanest physique. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you can't, you could say easy for you to say that's sure, but you could say that, but I don't think, um, I still think that there's, like you said, everybody doesn't have to, you don't have to earn feeling that way. And another thing I was thinking about is like, you know, this whole fucking game is about being healthy, right? It's about being healthy. Um, and you probably don't even need much of an aesthetic pursuit to be healthy. So it's like, I think that like, once you're like doing enough to feel like you're a healthy person, again, you could, you don't even need to do that to earn a feeling of being content and enjoying your life. But um, I think the baseline pursuit would be to be healthy. And after that, I think it's finding out what more costs you in terms of life trade-offs. Totally. And I I mean, healthy is such a subjective term anyways, right? And I, I, (laughs) one of the questions we ask a lot of clients is like, when you're doing all of that, what are you not doing? And there's, you know, being your most lean and shredded self or, or aspiring to that or whatever. It's that's, that is as worthy a goal as anything else. I mean, it's neutral, right? It was all about what you want, but mothers, summer business building or whatever. It's like, what are you, what are you not doing when you're putting so much focus on strength goals or physique goals or whatever? And I think for us, we're just like, I think we're going to, we're going to do some of that other stuff for, for just a little bit while still maintaining and feeling, you know, And I think the coolest part about just any kind of fitness evolution or self-evolution is that you're allowed to change your mind. Like the things that you prioritized or cared about even two years ago, three years ago are not going to be the same, which is, I think, sometimes a good indicator of like moving into a different place in your life where you have different priorities. That's all part of this whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's like some people, yeah, they will care all the time for like the next 30 years. That's awesome, right? That's, That's what you care about, what's important to you. But if you also wake up one day and I'm like, maybe I really don't care that much about having a six pack. 
that's also cool. Like, you know, you're allowed to change your mind about things. And I, well, that, what do you mean? What do you mean that you don't find value in X, Y, Z? It's like, well, that you can find value in X, Y, Z as much as you want. Well, but it's because society's the, like, you should do not just X, Y, Z, but also A through Z. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Just realizing like, you know, maybe it's just getting, you know, and, into our forties. We're like, it's not possible to do it all. Just FYI. And I think the three of us get the question a lot. What are my goals be? It's like, I don't know. Why don't you ask yourself, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't tell you Jordan and Heidi's goals. They can't tell you mine. And like, that's what's so cool about goals is that they're really your own. And so yeah. you don't need to adopt someone else's. Um, you can literally ask yourself, like, what do I really want out of this? And like, at that moment, pursue it. And I think that's like the best healthy air quote and offer yourself is to be ask yourself what you want. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. What do you guys feel about the statement? Uh, sometimes it takes a period of unbalance to get to a place of balance. And so I, what, the reason I'm saying that is because maybe somebody, again, is looking at the three of us saying, all right, you guys are fit. And so you, it's easy for you guys to, to pull back a bit and, and enjoy where you're currently at and all this shit that we've been talking about. But I'm not even, I don't even think it's the objective, what you look like that, that people are like, oh, you earned the right to feel this way. But I think there is probably something there where, I have pushed hard, you guys have pushed hard during periods of your life on performance or aesthetics or something fitness related. And you've seen, you've gone to that that extreme and you've seen what the trade-offs are and what the return on investment is. And by seeing that, regardless of the, out, the external, what you end up looking like and what the performance outcome is like, you've seen what the lifestyle of pursuing the 1% of yourself, um, you've seen what putting the fitness pedal to the metal is like what your life looks like at that stage. And do you think that is, again, hard to detach that? Or do you think that maybe I might be saying, we might be saying that we've arrived at a place of like feeling content with where we're at because we've seen that life and seen this life and seen this life and gone hard at different things mm-hmm. and kind of now have arrived at a place where we have a bit more knowledge and thus feeling a bit more content? Yes, I don't know that it's, I don't know that that's the only way to obtain that perspective, but um, I think, we're going to talk about us like a, like a single person again. Perfect. But I think, like, you know, as two women with raging ADHD, we do, we tend to do that hyper-focus thing where it's like, we're interested in literally every single thing there is to know about that thing. Um, <clears throat> so I think, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of that, and then probably a little bit of unhealed perfectionism is what, sort of got me to like the leanest I'd ever been. Um, so I feel like you do. So like, I guess I'm trying to speak maybe too generally to make sense. Um, so I feel like I really, I really, I really loved the benefits of exercise. I love getting into it. I love feeling, I loved feeling empowered to be able to get strong or make, um, I just always thought I was just like an ugly duckling, no athletic ability. You don't get to play your pick last, all that kind of nonsense. Right. So then getting really, um, really into it and pushing myself really hard. I think part of it was motivated from a bit of a fixing place. Um, I think is when things got a little too far for me personally. Um, so then it was, I think maybe that's when some of this pullback energy started where it's like, okay, things are a little imbalanced where maybe it's over-focused or there's some emotional healing that needs to be done. And so, yeah, that's kind of when I went back to maintenance and really started questioning CrossFit five days a week. Is that, is that, how does that feel? How does that feel physically and emotionally? And that sort of became the main, the, my main focus instead of 
looking a specific way, but feeling a specific way more often than not. And that feeling is satisfied, peaceful, calm. For me, in addition to like the things that Heidi said, and probably, you know, I'm going to speak for you too. It's like I, this whole thing becomes like an accumulation of experiences, right? And then every single time you start pursuing a goal is because there is this feeling of like it's a solve for something, right? It's like if I always felt like I was fat or I was ugly, then it would be like, well, exercise and fitness and aesthetics is going to be a solve. And I think a lot of times people pursue weight loss and aesthetics as a solve for things, whether it's like, I want more confidence, which is usually Mm -hmm. a big popular one, or it really is a, in a way, a sidestep for like a lot of the unhealed stuff that we're not willing to address. And so we piggyback that on not only our like self-worth or, um, finding, you know, macros and then also like starting to strength train was so incredible because I already felt like I, and I believe that I had an incredible work ethic. So in addition and adding those really felt like I had some empowering beliefs about myself. Like Mm -hmm. I can put the work in so that I can get the results. And I would hint, I hinged a lot of like on that, you know, it all came crashing down before we started coaching with you with my like I'm so ready to chase this ultimate aesthetic result. And I honestly believe that since then, and then like since working with you, Jordan, and just kind of like asking, and then my sprained ankle injury, which you're going through right now, it really does open a lot of like, what do you really want questions? Mm -hmm. But I think we all get to this point, whether you're on your 17th diet you've done and you've already, you know, you feel like you've, you haven't made the last 16 or you keep gaining and losing the last 30 pounds, or you can't get past this, like, PR you want, like you just really can't break into the next set or or whatever it is in your life that you're trying to do or solve for. And sometimes that's kind of like what creates this kind of energy of like, oh, I'm actually maybe okay. Because to not be okay feels even worse, right? To sit there and to just not feel okay with yourself. And, but at the same time, it's a lot of like life lessons in that, right? You do have to spend, you do have to spend some time in the yuck yeah, I can exist my whole life without a six pack. Well, right? totally. Or sometimes you do have to spend some time in that, like in that out of balance, really, um, really into it place. You know, like I saw some, pardon my TikTok reference, but I saw some TikTok that was, the guy was, the uh, therapist was like, if you want to become a all in running shoes, get the running friends, get the running playlists, get the running outfits, like have that become like a part of your identity. And I was like, oh, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good point, right? Like that for some of us who've never, never had that feel like a part of our identity to kind of take that on. But then also once that feels a little bit more, getting it with all of the other identities that you have, you know, as a person. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I think uh, when you said th- that that like I brought up, okay, you go to a place of unbalance to find balance. And and there's a lot of fitness uh, like references there of like, you know, maybe really track every macro to the gram so you can learn to be more flexible or really do more aggressive diet and get really lean. So you can experience that that might suck and you might not want that or go into a gaining phase and build more muscle. And so you can expose yourself to that sort of discomfort. But I would agree with you, Heidi, that there's, that's not the only way to achieve balance. And so I think if you're out there, like you're not, you're like, well, I'm really looking for balance. Well, let me just do a whole bunch of extreme shit and then I'll find balance. I think that that's what I would, I would agree with you hundred percent. I love that. I don't think it's the only way to find balance. And I also don't think that it always has a positive outcome. I think there is something mm-hmm. that, that is a thread in my coaching sometimes where you're like, you guys are 
guys have kids. And so um, there's something to be said about sometimes letting your kid make a mistake from a, for a learning experience in a bubble with controlled environment, not so devastating of a mistake. But there is something about that where you have a client who's wants to maybe lose more aggressively or go for those last five pounds. And so there's some learning experience there. I don't actually think it always has a positive outcome. So just saying, hey, you gotta go to a place of unbalance to get to a place of balance. You don't gotta do that. Sometimes it works out that way. Sometimes there's learning experiences. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Um, but, but I think that there's, it's, it's possible that the person who um, is struggling with balance might want to go all in on something to then be able to have the sort of skill, uh, maybe just internal skill, emotional skill to like allow themselves and, 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 you know, experience what the extreme feels like, the thing that they think they want. And I always say one of two things will happen. You're either gonna, like say going for the last five pounds, trying to have a six pack or something. If anybody out there wants to have a six pack, try and get a six pack. Again, that's not the only outcome. It's not, I'm not saying everyone should go do that, but try and have a six pack. One of two things is gonna happen. You're gonna get a six pack and be like, wow, life is great. I have a six pack, everyone loves me now. And you know, um, <laughs> uh, you know, the amount of calories I have to eat and cardio I have to do is totally sustainable and I love this, it's awesome or it's gonna fucking suck and the trade-offs you have to make are gonna suck or they're not gonna suck, but they're gonna, you're gonna arrive at a conclusion of this isn't worth it. And I just like, just with the, for the life of me, I want that for people. If you are sitting here, I'm saying I want a flat stomach or some arbitrary aesthetic pursuit, go for it. And if it is not something that ends up being worth it, then fucking compartmentalize it, package it away, at least for now. It's something that maybe isn't something that you wanna do right now. You're just, your life's gonna be a lot better that way, I think. Do we want to pivot really quick into the metabolic adaptation stuff just so we don't, we're a half hour in yeah. here, probably take one question potentially, you know? Oh man, yeah, but for sure, I mean, I think when you were talking about balance, I think about like a BOSU ball, right? Like how, like, you can find balance on a BOSU ball, but it's super not fun, right? It's like, it's one of the most miserable, like, miserable. If you've been on a BOSU ball, it's pretty miserable. Like, it, it's, I don't know that it ever gets more fun the more you do it, right? But it's like kind of the same thing. It's like, you can find it on there, but it's it's gonna cost you, yeah. right? I don't know. Let's do the what or exactly the is metabolic adaptation one, and then we'll do the reactivation one. Okay. What exactly is metabolic adaptation? What is causing it? And can you revert to a higher calorie intake? I'll start by saying, if you haven't listened to our other podcasts, go listen to those. Cause like, it's a common thread that we've discussed this idea of like, just eating more and magically burning more calories and reversing your calories up to like where you think your influencer friends are at. And so um, <laughs> that is what I would first do. And so I'll link a couple of those in the description. There, there are at least a couple times we touched on this. So you guys mind if I do a quick, just take this one quickly. Yeah, do it. Just like very, very simply put, like you're, your body doesn't know that these decisions you're making to diet are voluntary. The, the, we are you know, voluntary dieting is a very new thing in, in human evolution. Uh, and so when you go into a calorie deficit, which by the way, it also this also works in the context of a calorie surplus, your body is sensing scarcity of food, that you're, you're losing body fat. That is not a good thing. Your body is seeing that as like moving closer to death. And so as a defense mechanism, your body will burn less calories when you give it less calories. And that primarily happens via three things, maybe I'll backtrack on that. But one is you actually lose body fat and you are literally smaller now and so you burn less calories. So the largest component of metabolic adaptation is literally just you being a smaller machine that requires less calories. And the second biggest one is a down regulation in subconscious movement, which is called NEAT. A lot of people think NEAT is like walking and, and, and it can be and it's a bit of a, you know, it is what we want it to be, but technically speaking, NEAT is subconscious. 
flat out. Any conscious movement that you're doing is technically exercise. But so your NEAT is technically subconscious and by definition, it is not something you can do anything about. And so when you eat less and you start to lose body fat, you're in a calorie deficit, your body says, well, I'm gonna shut down some of these subconscious movements so that we can conserve energy so you stop losing body fat so we don't die of starvation, right, of malnutrition. Um, so basically just a defense mechanism against weight loss. Um, and these, both of these, but like the metabolic adaptation that happens just via weight loss also happens in the reverse. So when you eat more food, your body stores body fat and you will eventually adapt and be burning more calories. And your subconscious movement also goes up when you eat more calories. So when you, you know, are in a calorie surplus for, uh, you know, 200 calorie surplus, you will actually ramp up that subconscious movement and you will burn more calories. And so what ends up happening is you have a range of calories in which you can maintain your body weight because if you eat X amount less, your body can adapt to that. You eat X amount more, your body can adapt to that. But it's only so much because obviously we can override this by being in a large enough deficit to override that and lose weight. And we can be in a large enough surplus to override this adaptation and gain weight. So it's not stopping you from losing weight. It's happening at all times. It's, thank God it is actually the reason that you are here. It's the reason that our species has survived for, you know, as long as it has survived. Um, and so those are the two big ones. You also burn less calories via exercise. Again, even your conscious movement. And that's because you are a smaller person. And so 200 pound you was burning more calories on your long walk than 150 pound you. That's obviously the smaller machine is gonna burn less calories, gonna require less calories, et cetera. You know, some of the anecdotal stuff on the subconscious movement is if you like talk to bodybuilders, like when they're about to go up on stage and they're extremely lean, they like, they actively note that they like blink less often. If you've ever seen one of my videos where I'm fucking talking with my hands like crazy, I'm at maintenance, motherfuckers. Like my neat is going great right now because I talk with my hands like crazy. And some of that talking with your hands and tapping your foot and bobbing your head and blinking. And you're naturally, your natural subconscious proclivity to get up and move. Like if the remote is on the other couch and you're in the diet and something you don't want to watch is on TV, you might watch it because you don't want to get up and go get the remote. And so some of this stuff is just normal. And the second part of the question is, can you reverse and your body adapt to a higher calorie intake? The answer is absolutely yes, but only to a point at which your genetics, your body size and your, uh, so your genetic ability to adapt via increasing NEAT and your body size and your activity level will allow you to. And so you can't just do this forever, guys. If you could just adapt upwards forever, no one would be overweight. <laughs> and so you can adapt upwards to a point where we, we don't know where that is. It's, it's individual to you. It's individual to your body size, your genetics in terms of how flexible your metabolism is and how much activity you're doing. And so yes, everyone out there, can you explore if my maintenance is X, would I maintain at X plus 100? Yeah, you, you can explore that and you might realize, oh my God, I can maintain here too. And you another hundred, oh my God, I can maintain here too. That's possible. Eventually you will gain weight though. And so these people that are like, I reversed my calories up to blank, we're just finding out what their genetics at this body weight and activity level we're always capable of. So that's my quick monologue here. Anything we wanna add is good. I think really what it comes down to for me too is just kind of like a metabolic adaptation for like dummies in a sense is that your body is basically doing what it's designed to do with it. Like I know we, I, we kind of like, you know, game it, we, 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 you know, dieting is a way to game your, you know, metabolism, like either way, right. Like, Oh, we want to like lose weight. We're using it this way. And we're pushing energy like in one direction. And then the same thing went up, but it's the same times. Like you are still like a finite human being <laughs> that I think like they're like, 
it's almost like comparing incomes. It's like you can have people with similar jobs and similar like educational backgrounds, but they're not all going to make the same amount. And so it's best to not get hung up on what someone else is making. Mm-hmm. Um, and really a lot of you could just do right by yourselves by just getting to maintenance first. Don't worry about like how many calories you can push it up to. Like, have you ever really been in like a true maintenance phase, even for like a year, not like two weeks, not like four weeks, not on accident when you went to Italy, but like really truly, like if you want to know about reversing and increasing your calories or even being in a deficit, you should spend some time at maintenance to see what's your genetic potential and intake and, you know, TDE and all those things are like, that's the best way to know if any of this applies to you. Because I think sometimes people are like, oh, well, these girls like eat, you know, 2,700 calories. It's like, okay, that's, yeah, but you're not them. So why don't we figure out where you're at first and then see if that's even possible for you, right? So I, I think a lot of times people get in the weeds of like what is really happening and what they want or what they think that they should want or what they want to pursue. But why don't we figure out where you are first mm-hmm. before we like add to it? Yeah. That makes sense. And we'll get, we'll get to this, I'm, I'm sure, in a, little, a little bit later, but it's just, it is... It's interesting how it's sort of <laughs> kind of the all or nothing pendulum swing has gone from like you're, you know, you're the right kind of woman if you don't eat a lot to now you're the right kind of woman if you have like crazy high calories like you, you know, you're some kind of unicorn calorie burner. And it's, you know, what what is <laughs> if you want if you want to feel like your calorie level is unfair, compare it to like pretty much any man out there. <laughs> I've got that to Nat's point. Finding out what your maintenance is and getting comfortable there, and um, maintenance is a is a is a great place to, st- to s- still see physical adaptations to your training and all that kind of stuff. I mean, giving yourself a fair shake in maintenance is one of the best things you can do for yourself. I think the scenario in which I find the most practical application to discussing metabolic adaptation is you just finished a cut, you lost some weight, some amount, who cares, and your metabolism at this moment has has some adaptations. Your body has been adapting for the last 12 weeks. It's been decreasing the neat. You are smaller now. Now, the, the, the question is, if you're eating 1,500 at the end of your cut, and let's say weight loss has slowed down, whether you're fully adapted and 1,500 feels like maintenance or you're losing very slowly, um, the question remains, not even the question, the fact remains that your maintenance, the day you finish a cut, at that exact moment, the amount of calories that is maintenance for you, technically is not the same as the maintenance that it, that you have the potential for over the long term. So I think this is the most important thing to, I wanted to get across today is like, if you finish a cut and you ask, what is my maintenance? There's a question that is, what is your maintenance at this exact second? And there is a question of what is your maintenance six months from now, because those adaptations are temporary. 99% of them are temporary, if not 100%. But they, at this exact moment, you know, we, it's funny because you had mentioned a pendulum swing. We come a little bit full circle here. Whenever clients talk to me about reverse dieting, we come a bit full circle where, you know, me and a lot of people talk about you don't need to reverse slowly. You don't. You don't need to reverse slower than you need to is the truth. But there is a difference <laughs> so between... The maintenance you have the day you finish your cut and the maintenance you might end up at at the same body weight ish six 12 months from now because those adaptations will go upward as you eat more again and so just a thought of like hey you finish your deficit at 1500 and you type into a tde calculator that your maintenance is 2500 that doesn't mean today your maintenance is 2500 it doesn't mean that you'll ever get to 2500 because again there's a lot of reasons why that might not be the case but it does there's probably two answers of what your maintenance is literally today. And then over time, at what rate can we creep up to what 
your genetic potential is at this body weight and activity level. And so that's usually where this discussion comes up. Yes, you can reverse up at the end of a cut. Yeah, there's probably a big chunk you can do right away without gaining weight, but there is some step-by-step increase over time that's probably gonna be possible in terms of increasing calories and maintaining body weight. Facts. And totally. if you want more information, go listen to Calorie Entitlement because yeah. we lay it out oh, real, real, real sexy well. Dude, that was a great breakdown, Jordan. Yeah, oh, nicely nice. done. I think you've maybe yeah. said that once or twice. Uh, so many <laughs> <Yeah>. times. <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask you guys the next one and then we'll go through it. And uh, the second question is, I've seen a few coaches out there that say they specialize in metabolic reactivation, aka reverse dieting. Clients, uh, client Basically, the scenario that the person is trying to depict here is the client works with the coach and coach immediately reverse diets them, aka increases calories. And then all of a sudden, the client gets amazing results and looks leaner. And they do this like before and after where on the left side picture, they're like eating 1200 calories. And then on the right side picture, they're like leaner or they look just like objectively better, more muscular, whatever. And they're like eating 2200 calories. And there's just like a the the caption doesn't go on to describe what's actually happening. They're just like left for the reader to try and figure out what the fuck could possibly be going on. And so I think the, the actual question is like, well, what's going on in this picture? Like what are, is you guys as coaches, like, like what's like some options that you think might be happening? So I actually um, took this question and this person actually sent me the post of it. And first of all, I just want to blanket say like nobody specializes in meta- metabolic reactivation. But wait, unless we get to add that to our, <laughs> our list of accomplishments. That sounds profitable. I mean, first you're like, make, yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're making an assumption that your metabolism was deactivated um, or that maybe you just hit a plateau, which is really like, you know, a scientific term. There's no one that specializes in like flipping a switch or like has this like, you know, rain dance that they can do to reactivate your metabolism. So just, I know that's, I know people about that and people who actually coach that they specialize in metabolic reactivation, but we're here also to just tell you the truth. So that's the first thing. And then, I mean, specializing in reverse dieting, all you're doing is adding calories back in. So I don't know that there's a special, like a, a way to specialize in that, especially since the person that has to do it is you. So you can actually become a specialist in, you know, reverse dieting because you are the one who physically has I, Heidi and Jordan can actually not do that for you. Um, so you, you too. <laughs> <laughs> for the small price though. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, like, you know, looking at this pictures, like it didn't really give the context of it. Yes. The person was, you know, air quote under eating at 1200 calories or believed that they were, or thought that they were, or that's the numbers that they had. So they put that in my fitness. If it's set at 1200 calories, that must be what I'm doing. Once again, it requires you to actually do those things. Mm. And so there's a couple options like that, but then they do reverse diet by adding calories back in kind of like what we talked about earlier by re, you know, adapting your metabolism back to a higher calorie balance. So usually you're, when you're well-fed again, you do look better, period. You're a little bit more filled out. You, I don't know, maybe you're a little bit well-rested. So you definitely look better that Inflammation way. Inflammation, Inflammation down is a down, one. Yeah. From the stress mm-hmm. of dieting as well. Um, and you're probably actually able to hit a calorie balance that is more consistent than you were trying to pursue 1200 calories. What the fine print didn't say is that this person did reverse diet and then went into a cut. So that is what happened. So 
they're eating, tw- they're tw- they were able to reverse their maintenance to 2,200 calories, but they look leaner because that was after a deficit of eating 12, 2,200 calories. So 1,200 calories reversed up to 2,200 calories, spend some time in maintenance. Then when they went into a deficit, and I think that the person was at 14 to 1,800 calories, was able to lose weight. They also were able to stay consistent at a higher calorie balance, like 14 to 1,800 is way different than 1,200. That is why they look leaner. Hmm. It was not because all of a sudden adding 1,000 calories made them all of a sudden just like turn into like an Adonis. Yeah. (laughs) That's not what happened. Length and duration of time. There was lifting in between those times too. Lots have happened besides just eating more. Wow. That's crazy. That's what the fine print said. Well, what, what, what absolutely is very important to say is what did not happen. What did not happen is that by eating 2,200 calories, something from a fat loss perspective happened that would not happen at 1200 calories because 1200 is too little. So let's just like, that's the, that is what I think the inference, that's what the post, that's what the person wants the consumer to infer is that by eating more, I was able to lose fat better than by eating less. That by by eating less like 1200, I was eating too little and by reverse dieting or eating more or whatever it was that that independently by eating more was doing something fat loss perspective that 1200 wouldn't because 1200 is not enough. That is not what's happening. Now, the only thing that eating more than 1200 does that's better for fat loss is it's easier to stick to. And so that is the only thing, like we have to put our detective hat. If somebody eats, if someone's eating 1200 and pitch, and you're, you're right, I'm, I might've misrepresented, this might've been somebody after a cut, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about my fake example of like the person who looks leaner in the picture where that's like post reverse diet, I look leaner. It's like, you have to look at this from a, you have to look at all the options and just be like, this is the thing that didn't happen. What didn't happen is that you were actually eating 1200 and then you actually were eating 22 and by eating 22, you lost more weight or some unlocked a plateau or that is just not what happened. So now that we know that that didn't happen, we have to be a detective about like what could have happened. What could have happened is you were not actually eating 1200 calories. And as you increase 1300, 1400, 1500, 1600, 1700, let's say you automatically began being adherent to those numbers, maybe even by 15, 16, 17, chances are each of those is still a deficit. And so during the reverse process, you spent eight weeks in a deficit where you wouldn't, where you weren't adhering to 1200, but maybe she jumped you right to 1800 and you went 18 for two weeks, 19 for two weeks, 2000 for two weeks, 21 for two weeks. And all of that was a deficit for this person. And so they actually were just in a cut at a higher calorie amount that didn't hack their metabolism, just was an amount that they they could actually sustain. Um, And that's, that, can I just, that's probably what happens with these people is they become, they say they're eating 12, nobody's fucking eating 1200 and not losing weight. Nobody is gonna eat more than 1200 and get leaner. This is not happening. So um, more often than not, they're like, they hire a coach, the coach puts like a fucking magic health halo that we're gonna reverse diet. It's gonna be this whimsical experience. <laughs> and then they start to actually adhere and they adhere because they know their calories are gonna go up. So psychologically, they're like, I can deal with 1300 for one week because next week's 14, the next week's 15, next week's 16. And this strategy actually psychologically does work with clients where sometimes we do this, sometimes I start people in a slightly more uh, aggressive deficit and we eat up into a smaller deficit and that strategy can sometimes work, but that's what's happening here. Maybe this person's finally bought in, they went 1200 for a week, 1300, 1400, 1500, 1600, 1700, 1800, fucking 10 weeks in a deficit. They were in a deficit. That is the most likely outcome. Um, yeah, my rant's over for this one. I don't, we, we, you, we no, have, I mean, I, go ahead. No, 
what were you gonna say? I just think we do, we do this question gets up brought up a lot, and I just think it is another attempt for us to 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 circumvent the truth uh, in this issue, and that, that there is we want it to be more whimsical, we want it to be more complex. It's a complexity bias. It's a normal human innate need for things to be more complicated than it is. Like this didn't. You're eating, if you were eating 1200 calories, you'd be leaner than if you were eating 2300 calories. Like if, if there's someone who could maintain at 22, I promise you 12 is always a huge deficit. And, and that's not advocating for that. Of course not. But, um, geez, man, what did not happen is you did not do something at 22. That was better for fat loss than 1200 calories. I promise you, if you, the fastest way to lose weight is to eat nothing full stop. That is the fastest way to lose weight. That is the way you can be the leanest. You just eat nothing. And so uh, there's no, there's no like. But you have to be consistent at it. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. no. You have to consistently. Yeah, right, yeah. right, I mean, right. There's no fast women fat all loss. The time that, yeah, yeah. My fitness pal is set at 1200, and they eat that as much as they can. Right. And right. once again, the yes. energy balance equation works out right. because it all averages out. And another thing that we need to also say about these pictures, and for every mm -hmm. and any kind of transformation. If they are working with a coach, their adherence is also more likely. When yeah. you are on your own and you're mm -hmm. trying to like do 1200 calories on your own, super super hard to do that. When you have someone that you're they were working with a coach. Also, this person had shorts on in their first picture and they had leggings on in their second picture. And I don't know about you, but black leggings are incredible. Those are metabolic. Is it high-waisted yeah. like, high leggings? Yeah. So, from you know, short, I mean, keep in mind the context of the pictures too. Lighting. I actually, I mean, I know that yeah. seems like you put one of us in leggings and one of us in shorts and then flip them. They, we will look completely like different people. Oh, don't even get me started on the posture and the angle. Yeah. Like, and then also on. the fact that you're eating more means you could feel better and could actually maybe actually do your workouts. So yeah. there's a whole lot of nuance that's underneath this, like I'm eating more umbrella that we also want to just make sure we're because clickbaity stuff on Instagram. That's another thing you have to remember our coaches. If they're, if they're, you could tell certain pages are very clickbaity. Sorry, I'm just yeah. going to say it out there. So they obviously are going to try to lure you with a way to like make you believe that they have some magic trick. And reality, the three of us are going to tell you the science applies no matter what you name it. <laughs> what, what I will say is what this person did is awesome. And mm -hmm. sometimes the uh, the the end justifies the means and or it is an end that's justifiable by any means. Like this person was obviously somewhat hoodwinked from a scientific perspective, like as to why this is working for you. But I'm I'm happy for this person who ended up eating more, feeling better, looking better, right? Um, you know, we are gonna sit here and say that, that that isn't how this happened. You weren't actually eating 1200. And, and, and I think that that's very important because the take home here is that finding something that you can stick to and not trying to diet so aggressively that you end up not actually eating what you think you're eating. Those are actually, good, they're good strategies. But I do wanna say that like, Sometimes, like I would never go to this person's page and no, you guys would never do this and be like, this isn't what happened, blah, 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 blah. Like this person did something <laughs> awesome. I'm so proud of this person. She went from a seemingly tumultuous eating pattern of thinking you were eating 1200 with clearly denial slash misunderstanding of how much you were eating to, uh, you know, acknowledging and being actually aware of how much you were eating and, and having a slightly higher number and feeling really good about it. And that's a fucking awesome, totally awesome. Just, it is because this woman started adhering it's not because there was some special tactic. And I think, Heidi, I forgot which one of you guys said it. Like there is the, um, I, I'm not, it's not a real thing, but some form of like coaching buy-in bias where like the big difference that this person did was probably bought a, you know, bought a coach who got them excited about doing this thing. Um, and that's awesome. That's great. I'm proud of this person. Probably a very happy lifestyle change for them. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, consistency, 1200 calories without a plan is, is, is a way to 
um, what is the opposite? Metabolic deactivation. <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds like we're like, I mean, I really want to be really transparent. Like we're not trying to trash coaches out there because it definitely can feel like, has everyone figured this out but me? But I guarantee you, Natalie eating 1200 calories and Natalie eating 2200 calories are totally two different people. Yeah. So, and, and looks as well. So context is everything. Take care, take care of and respect yourself enough to actually look for the details. Ask them, like, what exactly happened here? I would love to know what happened here. And somebody with integrity will tell you exactly what happened. It's just like we did. I mean, obviously, like, we can see it through a lens of coaching. We've seen things like this. We've had actual people do this kind of process. So we know what it looks like. But yeah, to the naked eye, someone who's just like looking, they're like, oh, all I have to do is increase a thousand calories. Yeah. Most, most people, the problem is that for this person, this was awesome. And I commend her and this is great. But the thousands of people who read this are thinking, my problem is that I'm not eating enough. And it's just 99.999 times out of however many I just said. Um, it's just not the case. Most people don't need to increase, like yes, people need to be more adherent and need to stop choosing calorie amounts that they can't sustain. But the, the take home for this, unfortunately, is hmm, people are like, hmm, maybe I'm not eating enough. It's highly unlikely, um, highly unlikely the case. Or not eating enough consistently. Right, yeah. and right. like. That is something that, I mean, maybe we should good, even good bring point. up and like close with that. But, you know, when people like go into like, oh, I'm just going to starve myself today because, you know, whether I overate yesterday or it's time for me to lose weight or I need to get on thing, like just know that one day of eating like literally nothing, if you are actually capable of doing that is actually not going to get you a ton of fat loss. It's going to get you some water weight for sure. But accumulation works in both directions, whether it's accumulation in a deficit, accumulation in a surplus, energy balance, those rules still apply. It's like, it's no different than saving money, right? It's like, just like not buying something one day isn't going to all of a sudden get you, you know, to Bora Bora, right? Mm -hmm. But the practice of it over a certain amount of time could get you there, but also spending all your money might get you further away from it. I don't know. I feel like people think like, oh, I'm just going to starve today. It'll be fine. I'll get my five pounds. Like, well, it doesn't really work that way. Well, it's similar to like how we are, our sense of what a serving size is like all over the place when you're being served things like at the Cheesecake Factory and other places, like what even is a, a serving size? It's like, how, what is a fair timeline? And I think that's probably one of the biggest self-sabotaging um, behaviors we see in in clients that come to us is just not giving enough to to the goal and assuming that it should happen sooner you should be at a different place and just getting really cloudy between the emotions and the data which is easy to do when it comes to you know especially women and their bodies but not leaving men out entirely but yeah well and like <laughs> the read in between like these questions is really like i'm not getting something that i yeah and it's just like it's not that simple i mean there's always going to be tons of nuance tons of personal anecdotes like there's so many factors that go into this and, and really what it comes down to is like focus on your own journey yeah hire a really competent coach to actually explain things to you so you have some awareness that you're not beating yourself up like gosh well i can really eat like 2000 calories i must just be a loser because all these girls are eating 2700 not true right yeah. and the same thing goes with like oh i was eating 1200 calories and i was unable to see something but maybe if i add a thousand i'll look leaner also you know not necessarily your case so it's it's you know, the character limits in Instagram can be really deceiving sometimes, right? So just ask questions, but also get curious. You know? The character limits in Instagram. There's a double meaning in that. That is true. Wow. Sometimes I feel like uh, just uh, this, I really want my clients to think of their own like calorie counting journey, if that's the, the journey they're on, or their own caloric needs, whether it's 
quantified or not, um, are just super duper personal. And if you are, at, some people get like real mm -hmm. nervous where they're like, you, you ever find this where someone's eating like 1900 and they're like, wow, I feel good. I feel satisfied. I feel satiated. My workouts are good. I'm not super food focused and my body weight's staying the same, but I'm, I'm supposed to eat more. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you could, it's possible we could exper experiment with that, but I, I think if I could speak in a sentence form, what is my goal for you at maintenance? It's exactly what you just said. Satisfied, satiated, not super food focused, feeling good, workouts are good, sleep is good, and weight's not changing. I mean, what is maintenance if not that? And so if you're in that place, sometimes it's not like, just don't create a problem where there isn't one. If you want to, to have that notion, but also explore what about X plus 100? Oh, that's great. I love that. I love that detective sort of self-experiment mentality. But like a lot of people are like, well, I'm eating... You know, even sometimes it's like really low. Like I have, a, I'm thinking of a client. She's in like the 160 to 170 range, and she's like eating 1,700 calories, like 10 times body weight, and um, she her body weight's maintained, and her lifestyle she says is super like enjoyable, livable, flexible, and she feels satiated, and the trade offs are an amount that she can sustain, and she's not super food focused, and I'm like my heart thinks that she's probably eating more than than what she's putting in this tracker, but who gives a shit? Because whatever she's putting in that tracker is just an abstract anyway. And what you are eating, whether you're calling yes. it 1700 or it is actually 2200 or it's actually 1200, it's actually 4,000, is, is achieving what you want at maintenance, which is just, the whole point is the means to feeling good and maintaining your body weight. And that, if she's doing that, I'm very happy. So I'm I'm hesitant to be like, that's not how much you're eating. Let's get to the bottom of it. It's like, well, is your life good? And are you getting out of this what you want? Yes, okay, good, big check from me. Well, and the same thing goes with like pushing calories. Like you wanted me to push like into like, you know, I forget what calorie range and it's like the cost wasn't worth it to me to, to put on a couple pounds, right? So I said, no, I'm good staying at a lower end because mentally that's what was you know, where I wanted, like where, where I felt comfortable being. And so make that decision for yourself. It's like, you know, the cash payout, I think it was like $846 million. It's like, nobody really needs that much money. Would it be super fun to have it? Of course. Right. <laughs> like, so maybe you don't need 2,700 calories to live a good life. Right. It's like, if you want it by all means, like pursue it, see what is available to you. If that's something that happens to be a goal for you, but it's like hitting these high calorie targets that other people are meeting like for somehow your your air quote fitness journey is not complete right it's just well, and just notice also how how you're looking outside of yourself you're thinking it's supposed to look a certain way like that your focus is more on you know what seems to be the quote right way to do it whatever whether you're counting macros or or whatever you're doing whatever goal you're applying yourself to it's just always an opportunity for self-awareness and what you're making certain things mean and i you know, obviously we're all big believers and coaches here, but I think that's one of the for and your data and put calorie levels and goals into perspective and break it down into steps and all of that. But there is like this layer of accountability and, and awareness that a coach can help bring into some of the emotions and um, worth issues that of us bring to this whole arena, which are really easy to get lost in and, and spend you know, you don't know sometimes how in that you are until you get a little bit of respite from it, um, like in maintenance or or things like that. Agreed. Let's pin it on that. And we, guys, we had totally, if you're listening, we had totally intended to have a discussion 
at least in part about intuitive eating and tracking and the relationship between the two of them. And so that will be our, we will kick off our next episode with that. Um, and we will make sure, and we'll make sure to have our discussion so mainly on that next time. Okay guys, thanks for, thanks for, I mean, coming on my podcast, but it's both going both ways. So thanks for chatting and uh, thanks for coming guys. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Where Optimal Meets Practical. If you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five-star review on iTunes. That stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram, at Jordan Lips Fitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.